Hello and welcome to a Patreon special episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas. As, as I uh, kind of explained last time, uh, Jason is here. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello, hello. I will basically need you to accompany me on, on all of the Patreon episodes for a little bit, just uh, as I kind of recover and uh, get back to Dude. normal. Yeah, there's no... Um, I'm glad to always do um, Patreon episodes because I feel like I kind of cut loose a little bit. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. Honestly, honestly, I just have like fun. Like, uh, yeah, know, exactly. I, these are just Nobody's going to listen to these. So there's no, no pressure. Well, I, I actually do think our one our one Patreon, I think Joe does listen. He uh, he does comment. He's just talking. So he does enjoy okay. it. And you know what? It's uh, it's like uh, like the Sand and the, the Muppets movie. Right. Well, doesn't Joe, you're doing... Yeah, Joe, you're doing this. It doesn't matter if you matter to the world. It just matters if you matter to one person. Oh, that's nice. Joe, you're doing this to yourself, so I have no pity for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You're (laughs) S tier, but uh, this decision is F tier. (laughs) Fact, fact. Uh, What are we doing today? So, speaking of punishment, speaking of bad decisions. So, uh, we're we're going to do another set of tier lists. How many? is going to depend on how we're feeling. I think we should pause here to give um, whoever's listening an opportunity to shut the podcast off. Oh, yeah, you have. Okay, so, you know, the last time we did a tier list, uh, I let Jason be the sole person to decide. (laughs) And uh, he, uh, you know, there are some people who say that tier list is still happening. Um, we, <laughs> we may have never finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, although to be honest though, like it was an insanely long recording, but I loved it. I thought that I actually had a blast on Me it too. because it was just like, kind of like a silly, like, Oh, here's an excuse to all talk about all these movies, how we view them differently, where we'd rank them. And, you know, in a weird way, you just get to know a person a little bit better by just kind of knowing these kind of like, uh, off the cuff what they view on these movies and have discussions and stuff like that and i i I honestly think it's fun and you know i i enjoy it in a way that's not like i can't believe you chose that although who knows like maybe uh jason is about to post a tier list that's like milkshakes and mimosas patreon listeners and you know if he he might rank you low joe i don't know but um you know (laughs) there's only one person (laughs) Joe, your S list in my heart. Okay. Double S for me. Double um, S. Yeah. Double S. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I, we're going to let this start with uh, Jason. He's going to post one now. I imagine this will probably be a few episodes of Patreon just because we'll, we'll probably end up with something. We'll figure out how many, how much long this is and how, how this is going. You'll know because it'll be part one or part seven or part zero. Ooh. Um <laughs> So, Jason, what is the first thing you have chosen for us to list? Well, so last time, as you uh, alluded to, I chose something that was insanely long. This is much short. I mean, I think there's maybe – there's under 10 movies here, I think. Um, But You're all lowball. I don't believe it until I click this. I I think it is. Um, I haven't really studied how many are here, but I I imagine it's got to be because – Mr. David Lynch hasn't made that many films. So oh, in honor of Coffee and Pie, we are going to tier list David Lynch films. Oh, okay. Right. So Fascinating. Um, I have submitted it for your approval. 
Okay, of the Midnight Society. Um, so yeah, so we're doing this all on TierMaker.com, and people just make weird tiers. If you're not familiar with it, it's kind of just a fun thing where you kind of mm-hmm. drag and drop and and get get, <clears throat> get into it. Uh, so, oh yeah, you know what? There's not there's not yeah, a lot. Not a lot. Um, so there's there's uh, different categories here. We have Supreme Masterpiece. That's you know that sounds like a little Nazi-ish. <laughs> so I'm a little worried about that one. But okay, <laughs> Masterpiece. Great, good, and meh. So I think that's a little bit, um, you know, I, uh, I think that's... Okay. I didn't name Some these. Fucker. I didn't make this tier list. Somebody Some else fuck- did. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Some fucker put the entire last season of Twin Peaks on this. So one of the tier lists is Twin Peaks A Return for David Lynch movies. Those fucking cocky motherfuckers. I respect it, though. Um, I, I mean, I think it's separate, right? I think it's separate. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. No, no, it's here. It's here. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So it's we start with the elephant man. I, this is um, I think this is actually a really interesting list. I gotta say because I think there there could be a lot of difference between us on this. I really, right. really love the elephant man. I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think it's an important movie in some ways. I think it has a lot of heart, and I think it's very different. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to put The Elephant Man on Masterpiece. Same, same. I really like The Elephant Man. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Um, but, you know, it's a really interesting, interesting film. And, you know, it does kind of fit in with his line of um, life, right? Like, the, the way that he the way that he kind of views the world kind of kind of does come out in Elephant Man. Yeah. Uh, but it is still his probably his most... Um, what someone would think of when you say like what a great director would make, right? Yeah. Like this is the yeah. this is the probably the safest, but also really good, right? Like it's not a bad movie in any case, but it's uh it's probably one of his safer. It, well, but this could be a really bad movie, right? Like this could be a very sappy story, and I don't think it is. I think it's very well made in that regard, and right. it could be also like imagine if Tim Burton made The Elephant Man. It would be like, oh, look how dark and quirky The Elephant Man is, right? And oh my God. Um, oh, The Elephant Man, he opens up a peanut factory, then <laughs> he just eats all these peanuts with his hand. Whoa, isn't that crazy? But I think David Lynch hits, like, the perfect middle ground. Like, you could have a Ron Howard elephant man, right? Or you could yeah, have... Actually, you could. I bet you you know what pretty... I mean? Like, and yeah. it'd probably be loved by a lot of people, but it wouldn't have the gravitas that I think David Lynch brings to it. The And I don't hate Ron Howard, honestly. I know people hate him for his hillbilly elegy, which I haven't seen. But like I think I think Ron Howard's made some really good films, like on on you know objectively good films. I just mean like it would be very sterile, in a way that in, I think David Lynch is um, bringing some quirkiness to it that's dark, but elevates the film as opposed to detracts from it the way I think a Tim Burton film would have. You know what I mean? Right, right. And and the whole point of the movie is like, you know, this there, there's like a grotesque elements, but that doesn't like remove the humanity, right? right. And I think that is right. one of the themes in all of David Lynch, and it's the most directly stated in this one. Yeah. Um, and, that, and it's like, it's probably the one that's like an easiest, like if someone was to uh, try to explain it in a film class, like this is probably the easiest one to be like, this are what the themes are. And Maybe it's like, the straight Whoa. story. We'll probably get to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so, yeah, so Masterpiece for me. 
the next one is Lost Highway. Ooh, this is an interesting one. I I know I've seen the last Lost Highway, mm-hmm. but it's like not like one of my favorites of David Lynch. Um, but I also don't think it's bad. I pro I would probably well I'd probably say great. I really I really do like Lost Highway, but it's been a fair bit of time since I have seen it. Yeah. Um, I think you're spot on. Lost Highway um, is a, I mean, I think it depends on, again, great is um, basically replacing C tier, right? So you have S, because um, there's no SS, right? There's S. Well, yes, but I'm also I'm a, actually going by B, what maybe. the, I'm kind of going by what okay. they say in the tier. So when I say great, I do think it's a great movie, but I would say I probably need to watch it a few more times before I decide where it falls into that i mean i think um i would say here's the thing like if i'm going to i I think lost highway is sort of a proto mohala drive in a way um you know what i mean like and i think there's some great things in it um i'm going to leave lost highway i think it great as well probably a little bit if i was to like actually um Compared to you, like probably I like it a little bit less than what you're describing, but I do think it's it's a f- interesting film to watch. Um, it doesn't really have like a lot of points to make, right? It's say. one of the, it's one of those Lynch movies that almost kind of just feels like an experience rather than uh, a narrative, really. Um, and I remember enjoying that ex- experience, but I also just remember lots of shots of a highway, right? And mysterious phone calls right and you know that kind of stuff so it's kind of like ah like where it falls is uh in great need to watch it again um that's one of the ones that uh, i think it hasn't even had a blu-ray release if i'm remembering correctly Uh, probably not there's been like some david lynch films that have kind of been a little lost uh in the shuffle between dvd to blu-ray and everything so interesting so the next one is Fire Walk With Me. Oh, this is a tough one for me. Now, do you, are we okay with counting the entire Fire Walk With Me? That's including the missing pieces? Because have you seen the missing pieces? I have. Um, I think I, based on this cover, you have to just call it minus the missing pieces. Because this okay, is not that's what... fair. That's fair. Ah, uh, oh, like, it is fair. But the problem, I get, Okay, here's a weird thing that I'm probably going to... That's probably weird. I think I've seen the missing pieces more than I've actually seen the bare bones firewalk with me. Because, like, there's all these, like, incredibly weird scenes in the missing pieces that I I just fucking love. Right. Um, And firewalks with me is is great. I... I, You know what? I'm going to say masterpiece on this one. So I'm going to say over great. Ah, maybe great. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm putting... I'm putting it at great. I would like to put it at masterpiece. The only problem is there's not like if you look at it as a whole in Quint Twin Peaks lore, um, there's just some characters that are just not as interesting to me, right? Like I don't find the the not Dale Cooper and the whatever um, uh, Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland is doing in that movie. I don't find them that interesting. But I do find everything else around them really interesting. And 
um, I think the missing pieces, if it was included, would go to Masterpiece for me, because that, that actually included some of the characters that I, I do love and miss, so it's tough. So uh, I think I'm going to judge this a little harsher than you are, um, and I really like it, so I want to be clear, there isn't a David Lynch movie I don't like. Just going to say it right out there. Even um, the last one, which is definitely the in this list that we'll get to, is definitely the worst David Lynch film. There's none that I outright hate, per se. Um, I, if you take Fire Walk with me, I, this is tough because it's an extension of a show. But if I was to take it as a film on its own, it's maybe one of the least successful films <laughs> in his catalog, right? Because it's That's not like an independent film but at the same time it's not really intended to be so um but that's how like you might have to view this film but i'm still gonna leave it at the great tier i think because i think it's an extension of twin peaks and if you take it that way i think it's something you have to watch and um i think there's enough here to make it worth watching so yeah right that's fair that's fair the next is Inland Empire. Now, I have seen Inland Empire, but it was once, and it was in college, which at this point is almost 10 years ago. So it has been a very long time, because I remember early uh, early episode of Milk Chase and Mimosas, uh, Valeska made me watch the bunny sequence again, right? Uh-huh. So I, I, I have seen that recently. But the problem is, again, we'll get to, like, when we get to the rest of this list, we're going to find movies that I've seen more often and more come back to. And I kind of put Inland Empire in the same realm as The Lost Highway in that I really remember enjoying the experience, but I do not remember enough about the film to put it up in masterpiece quality, if you know what I mean. So you're going with great for Inland yes. Empire. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with great. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Inland Empire, right, is, um, uh, I mean, it's a film that is, um, it is maybe the most, like, if when people think of David Lynch, <laughs> it might be the most distilled version of his worst what people would consider as worst qualities, right? Which are like, it's very opaque and um, muddled type of film where like, you know, it's really no clear narrative, right? Um, I really enjoy watching it in that because there's so many creepy, creepy weird shit. But as a film, I'm going to put Inland Empire in the good category. And that being said, I think it's a really good film, but I think it's a really good film for people who already like David Lynch. It wouldn't be a film that I would ever show anybody who wasn't already interested in the David Lynch film in his, you know, work to watch. Like, I would never sit down with anyone who hadn't seen every other David Lynch. It'd probably be the last David Lynch film I would show somebody other than Dune. Right? Right, right. No, that's fair. So, So, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So the next one, I assume, is Mulholland Drive because I don't see anything else there. 
So I'm going to put Mulholland Children Drive in Supreme Masterpiece yes. because I fucking love Mulholland Drive. And there's just so many sequences that just get bolted into your brain that you can never like the honestly, I would say one of the best horror films of all time is that little short film of that dude in the diner. Oh, my God. Who, Andrew. I said this literally at the end of the Blue Velvet episode. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I think I uh, said, um, and um, Luke said, I wish Andrew was here for this, because I said I would take that scene up against anything Hitchcock ever shot and say that it's, it's equal at least. It well, is a exactly. masterpiece of suspense. And it didn't torture, and it didn't torture as many women, so, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> That scene alone is... Uh, well, we just had a Blue Velvet conversation, so, I mean, you know. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought it was amazing that that's, like, the first thing I always think of. Um, it's just, it's so, like, it's scary as hell, and, and it's so happens. simple, and it's so simple. And then, like, everything else. Like, there's that scene, the the really weird scene of... Okay, it's a David Lynch, so maybe no, I can just it's stop It's a very disturbing word. film in a way that even his other films aren't. Like, I just think it's... Lost, like I said, I think Lost Highway comes close to being as nightmarish as Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is a living nightmare. It's a right. horrifying movie. It's great. Um, yeah, I, I, one of the scenes that always sticks with me in, is weird as hell. Again, David Lynch, of course, is weird as hell. Is that scene where that assassin goes in, shoots that cleaning lady, and like just shoots all these like random people. Yes. And there's just like an extended sequence of the like floor cleaner that's just like going and doing and going. They have to like I think he shoots the floor cleaner because it's making a whole bunch of noise. Oh, and it's just like this weird the way it's like filmed and framed and like done is so wild. Um, that scene where she gets picked up at the airport where Naomi Watts get pick, gets picked up at the airport. And we just get that that sequence of just the most maddening conversation with these old people that have all these like crazy cuttings with it and weird scenes. And it's just what was was that? Oh my god! That scene where the director comes back and just pours yeah. a bunch of paint on all <laughs> on all his wife's jewelry. Like it's such a like. There's so many crazy things about it but i actually think it works as a narrative as it well does. like yeah. when you when you kind of like put all the pieces together and you, i'll be honest like i had to read a bit to like kind of pull the pieces together right because i didn't entirely get it the first time um but once you once you go into that i think um i think it's one of his best movies like, honestly it's it's probably his best movie um i think it's you know it's just it is a supreme master it's 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 best it's a best movie of many directors. It's better than the many directors' best movie, um, in my opinion. And, and honestly, said, one of the one of the best films of the two thousands, like of that sure. decade of like two thousand to two thousand ten, like it's uh, pretty unrivaled. And there are some really great movies in that list, right? Like I would put this up there with There Will Be Blood and you know No Country for Old Men. Like I I, I do think this movie is, is that good. Um, they're obviously doing different things, but I'm just talking of, of the best of Yeah, that. I mean, that, those may be the three best movies of that time, right? So, right, um, exactly. You know, I, I um, and I'm sure there's other stuff in there and people are getting pissed about, but like, it's, it's, it's as good as any film that came out during that, during that stretch of time. Um, yeah, 
Exactly. And, you know, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's worthy, worthy of his praise. I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation. This is Twin so Peaks, this, The Return, correct? No, no. Twin Peaks, The Return is a few few after this. So oh, this okay, is okay. actually Twin Peaks, The Show. Oh, okay. Now, this sure? is all... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. We, we know what we're talking about, so... Yeah, well, no. So this OG is, this Twin Peaks. Is OG Twin Peaks, but you have to rank this for the entirety of Twin Peaks. That's why I think this is... Because this is not season one. Season one, supreme masterpiece. Season two, I like a lot, but it does have points where it kind of mm-hmm. drags a little bit. Um, and that's because, uh, you know, of Lynch's, like, Lynch was not as involved for a little while. Yep. Um, but I do think a lot of those things, like, a lot of those episodes actually have some pretty good direction. I mean, you had Diane Keaton direct an episode, and I think that episode... And you still have Frost good. involved, right? Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't ever think Twin Peaks gets bad. I agree. But, it, but as as some people do, because there, there are people who think that it gets bad. Those people but, are wrong. Um, but it does get muddled from what it was. It does change a little bit. Every um, show does. Uh, every show does. Every show does. Um, but I'm gonna put it into mass masterpiece instead of supreme masterpiece, um, just because I do think there are one or two episodes that i'm not a huge fan of fair enough i don't i don't love when benjamin horn just starts reenacting confederate generals for at least like two to three episodes (laughs) and like we got a lot of that and i'm like what you don't realize is he was predicting what america would be like in 2016 to 2020 you know what maybe maybe rewatching it again and i'll I'll just be like oh this is just america now (laughs) Now it's May tier because I don't want to think about America. <laughs> um, Twin Peaks is supreme masterpiece. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think you're quote-unquote wrong, but I think you're comparing Twin Peaks to Twin Peaks at its best, whereas I think you should compare Twin Peaks to everything else that's on television, um, including especially at the time, right? So... Um, to me, and I think it's a very rare show that doesn't have a couple episodes you don't like, right? Like, I think it's literally um, maybe three sh- Like, I think it's probably... It, there's very rare shows that don't have bad episodes. Well, um, okay, I agreed, but... Um, and I think just... those, ep- those, those would be definitely supreme... Like, I think maybe Mad Men doesn't have a bad episode. I think maybe Sopranos doesn't have a bad episode, and that might be it. <laughs> like, right. well, um, or I mean, I, th- I think even Breaking Bad is bad episodes. So, like, um, right. I would say Twin Peaks is um, a phenomenon, especially at the time. Right. And okay. I think you have to judge it in its time and against everything else that was going on. And I think it's that makes it a supreme masterpiece. That's just my opinion. That's right. Right. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um,. I guess we'll uh, keep going on because there's something that I'm going to start. There's a response to that, but I can't respond to that until we get to that. Other so. so this is Blue Velvet. So we're on a Blue Velvet. And I know you just had a lengthy discussion. Um, I am mesmerized. I love everything about Blue Velvet. It's a supreme masterpiece. Yeah. And I'm willing to listen to all criticisms and uh, all, again, like like we were talking about, like, you know what? It's completely valid as a, as a way to read the film and as a way to discuss it. And I'm always open to to have those discussions and to kind of get sure. into the nuance of, of, of these things. Just 
from my viewing, how I read it and everything that I get from the film, the experiences like growing up in a small town, like it all, it all feels real. The fact that like you got Laura Dern, like, you know, how can you go? Yeah, I'm I'm at Supreme Masterpiece of Blue Velvet. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to talk a long time because I spent an hour talking right. about it. Um, but I think the way that I said that Lost Highway sort of um, a proto Mahalan Drive. I think Blue Velvet's a proto Twin Peaks in a way. Um, I think. Yeah. I think uh, what Blue Velvet's saying a lot of the things that Twin Peaks is saying. But honestly, sort of in like a very tight narrative, especially for a, a David Lynch film. Like it's a very straightforward, right. tight narrative that has weird shit around it, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 I love the themes. I love the visuals. I think it's a tough film to watch, but I think it's supposed to be. And, right. you know, I think what it's saying is valid still to this right. day. So, uh, yeah, and... And one of the best bad guys in the history of film, in my opinion. You, so, oh, of course, of course. Do you want to hear uh, lines that I wrote that I was going to say in the podcast, but I wasn't allowed to because I was uh, dying? Yeah, yeah. Um, before that, I want to bring up though. Um, I did talk about the fact that Roger Ebert gave this that uh, Blue Velvet a one star review. Yeah, um, it's on the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray for <laughs> includes the at the movies review. Where they so just, bad. Like, where it's they just, so like, off. Call them, it's like, so off, Andrew. Like it's like. He thought that the like the he thought that the the footage of people like in a folksy suburban almost like you know Norman Rockwell painting was supposed to be funny, which I, I never will understand. I never will understand. This but, is like, the same man who thought that Halloween three was a straight up sequel to Halloween two, and spends the first half of his review talking about like. I don't know what happened to the mask or why the sudden Michael also, Myers is a robot. <laughs> also thought that Fight Club was a movie about underground boxing clubs. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I, I love dunking on Roger Ebert. But okay, go of ahead. course, of course. So one of the things is I was going to ask somebody, hey, what do we podcast about here? And they were going to say Riverdale. And I was going to say, Riverdale, fuck that shit. Twin Peaks. <laughs> Okay. I was gonna open the open the podcast with "Baby Wants to Podcast." Oh God! And then I was gonna ask you, "You ever been to Podcast Heaven?" <laughs> oh God! And oh. then we're gonna end the podcast with, and "Remember, we're the only podcast that knows the Chicken Walk." Thank you, and have a good day. Um, so, uh, so you miss Sophie saying that she would, <laughs> would she wrote down in her notes. When Kyle McLaughlin was doing that chicken walk, that I would <laughs> fuck that walk right out of him. <laughs> wow, wow, that you know what? Good, good for her. Yeah, you you, you fuck that walk, right, <laughs> chicken walk right out of him. Okay, so um, the next one is Straight Story, the only David Lynch film I actually haven't seen. Oh, okay. And um, not 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 for lack of trying. Um, I I want to see it for a while. Uh, someone said it was on D Disney Plus, so I, I looked it up on there, uh, and I didn't find it on D Disney Plus. So I was like, I don't I don't know what they're talking about. Um, uh, might me might be in a different country. It might be an American thing. But I, this I I've always heard great things. I've always wanted to see this one, but this is the this is the one that I have not seen. Yeah, straight stories are good film. Like it, it really is just. Um, I really love it's that it's David Lynch sort of just 
making what could amount to a um, feel-good Hollywood film, right? With an incredible cast, including Sissy Spacek and Harry Dean Stanton. Um, you know, I I really just love also, like, how Walt Disney kind of gave him a film that's just like a Walt Disney-esque film, right? Um, very outside of what Walt Disney, I think, would do today, you know? Oh well, yeah, because what what Disney does today, be, better better or for worse, I think for worse. But if you like this, it's it's your your, your prerogative. I'm not Martin Scorsese. You do what you want. Um, but uh, what they do now is they take interesting directors and then they kind of give them a template, basically. Right. Like they say, this you have to pretty much like do this, this, and this. Now you have a huge budget. And because they're uh, independent directors, mostly, they don't have as much control because they don't actually know how a huge studio film works. Because often, like, you get people who go from directing something that has, like, maybe maybe a million dollars to something that has hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, the scope of production uh, makes it so that there's, like, a lot – they're a lot easier to control is how it feels – um, and then once they make a few money, then they can then they kind of do get a little bit more power because I think the Russo brothers do actually have some power now. So I blame them for Endgame. Um, so mm. you know, yeah. Um, but uh, but I think that's kind of what they do now. Um, and you know, I haven't seen this one, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say that uh, Straight Story is a masterpiece. Um, and, and the reason I say that is I think it's a really important work in the entire length of David Lynch because it really proves to all the people who say David Lynch just is is only capable of throwing crazy shit out there for shock value that he is absolutely capable of making as good of um, a family-friendly, you know, as much as, like, dramatic film as... Uh, and maybe better than anyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's... He really knocks it out of the park. That film is about people. It's about... Midwestern, um, <laughs> uh, Midwestern sensibilities, and it's everything you wouldn't expect from a David Lynch film. I think he's even called it his most experimental film, um, which I think is interesting um, because I think what he's saying is it's completely outside my comfort zone to a certain degree. Right. And right. I think that that's an incredible thing to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he knocks it out of the park. He knocks yeah, it out of the well, park. Uh, and, and uh, so for that, I'm bumping up to masterpiece. Like if nice. if that was that film was made by Ron Howard, like I I would be like it's a fine film. But because it has more heart than even that, so like I, I don't know. Right. I'm just gonna right. say that's a well, it's a masterpiece. So um, you know we're gonna do the next thing on Milk's Mimosas Bingo, where I'm about to shit on Quentin Tarantino. Um, oh yeah. But uh, but you would never get. As a movie where Tarantino goes out of his way to do something that like is not his wheelhouse, right? Like he's not gonna Quentin Tarantino is not gonna be like, oh wait, here's a script where there's no pop culture references. There's no naked there's feet. No, there's no feet. Everyone's got you know moccasins on constantly, <laughs> double, triple moccasins. Uh, the biggest boots you've ever seen. Um, it's actually about people who don't have feet, um, but, <laughs> um, but like, you know what I mean? Like he's not somebody who goes out of his comfort zone. 
Um, and he makes a lot of money, and people love love his stuff. So, like, again, a lot of people love him. You do you. Um, I It's just part of the bingo that I have to shit on him. Um, but um, it's I think that's just fascinating because, you know, David Lynch is a director who definitely probably could just sit on his laurels and just not never try. Um, yeah. And but, but better or worse, right? Like, you know, there, there are people who – uh, have some very valid criticisms of some of his tropes and how, how he deals with certain things. But I do think that he's one of those people who's kind of constantly trying to evolve and constantly trying to, to do the right thing. He's in a very similar way with how, um, uh, you know, Jason and I will talk about Stephen King, where it's like you always I kind of do feel like his heart is in the right place, even though he cause fuck up along the way occasionally and is still kind of trying to learn and try to go out of his comfort zone kind of thing. Sure. I mean, I think, um, mm, I don't know. I don't, I'll... I look, I don't think there's any, am I, whoa, whoa, in, in, uh, any <laughs> David Lynch stuff. So, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Good uh, point. Good point. Good point. But, good point. But, I'm, I'm not going to defend, um, Mr. King who I love and adore and think he's, you do think he's a pretty wonderful person. Um, all things considered, I'm not. I'm not going to defend that. Um, the strapping of suicide bomb vest on, um, you know. Oh my God, we're like, fuck, man. Tom Cullen is coming back in like two. In I think it's two weeks or something uh, like that. Are and they going to do that? How... Are they? Are they going to do that? Are they going to strap a, a suicide bomb vest? I think they'll probably like try to do something to modernize it that will actually make it worse. I think they will, I think that'll be one of those things. Who's where playing Tom like, Cullen in that? Do we know? I don't know, but it's directed by the same guy who directed um, New Mutants. So uh, a man who uh, had a movie released in the pandemic to make people unsafe go to go to the movies is writing up. Uh, think is directing the stand. Uh, anyways. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, but, but anyways, I don't, I don't know who's going to do that or if they're just going to be like, oh no, it's not me. It's bomb melon or something like bomb that. Melon. Change the name. Oh um, it definitely won't be, won't be what it was. But anyway. Brad William Henke as, uh, Tom Cullen. That sounds like an alternate name for Tom Cullen. <laughs> He's on, he was on Orange is the New Black, evidently. I don't know much, uh. And he was a foot. He played football, evidently. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. And you'll bet your ass we'll be I talking guess he's about been on a bunch of shit stuff I've seen. He was on Dexter. I don't know. Well, don't know. The, the actor who played Tom Cullen in the original is, has actually does have a pretty good career as well. Oh yeah, dude, he's Patrick Star. Come on. Yeah, man, he's Patrick Star, who is like the same character. Anyways, <laughs> put the suicide vest on. Patrick, I need you to go and kill Franklin. I just need to put a suicide bomb on you, okay? (laughs) Mr. Krabs is definitely going to Vegas. Let's be real. Let's go to Vegas and take my secret recipe. (laughs) It's Satan. Plankton is trash can man. I'm Squidward. I wish I died during the plague. (laughs) What do we have next? Andrew. Twin Peaks will return. Mm. Supreme Thanks. Masterpiece! That's what I'm putting that because I love every single second of this show. I love it all. I don't think there's a bad act, 
episode in the bunch. Now again, that's a bit unfair because it's like only a few up. I think it's what is it? I think it's twelve or is it yes. Yeah. Yeah. If so, you get a second season of Twin Peaks, uh, that's why I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I think I, I think it's not fair to to compare the OG Twin Peaks to Twin Peaks: The Return because they're two no, different things. Because it's hilarious. Because Twin Peaks: The Return is the anti. So it's one of those movies. So I think it's an amazing cultural artifact because it is the exact antithesis of what all culture is right now. Like not all, but like a lot of uh, mainstream culture. As the OG Twin Peaks was at the time. Right, but, like, no, no, but, like, this one is that idea of them bringing back something that used to exist, putting it new flair on it, making a whole bunch of money out of it, right? They're like, okay, this is a thing, this is a cultural artifact, we're going to bring it back, we're just going to give you the exact same thing in a way, change it a little bit, and then we get all of our money back, right? Like, and we just get a whole bunch of money. And somebody at Showtime thought that that would be a good idea if they tried that method. If they're like, oh, let's get fourth or do the Force Awakens, but with David Lynch. And of course, what David Lynch says, no, I'm not explaining anything. I'm going to make it more obtuse. <laughs> exactly, which is just, I mean, it, I... It's just a giant fuck you, and I, I, you know, for that, I agree. It's a supreme masterpiece. Right? Like, like, it's like, like it's, it's like one of the greatest trolls. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like so it's like, they're like, well, okay, David, uh, hey, well, I'm, you know, we're from Showtime. You, are you going to bring Audrey Horn back? You know, everyone loves Audrey Horn. Yes, except she's in a dream the whole time, <laughs> I guess. But here's the thing. You know what? All, all, everything you really said is 100% accurate, but at the same time, I'd argue it's great television oh no like yeah i agree but it's like great because it just doesn't try to do the same thing over and over again right like they're try. he's like going like no i'm not going to satisfy everything you want right and and so much of you know of the idea of like you know bringing doing a live action version of beauty and the beast or munan or whatever they're trying to get old money and get new money as well and they're probably to regurgitate what you already have or give you expand on things right or like star wars now is just constantly like explaining all these things and the mystery is kind of uh, they're taking the mystery away with the prequels and with everything else like they're trying to trying to like lay everything out and um you know david lynch doesn't want to give that to you He's not going to give that to you because he wants he doesn't want to tell it because he doesn't he thinks that it's obvious and he doesn't think it's worth telling you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at. Um, I don't know. This is I'm not even going to bring because it's insulting to bring up. But I, I was just going to say, like, you look at the Star Wars films where they kill Chewbacca and he's back in 10 seconds later. They can't even let you, like, sit with that for three seconds. Right. And be think maybe he is dead. Um, same thing with, like, you know, those Marvel movies. Right. They. Yeah, the snap happened, and they're like, you know, guys, it's okay. They're all going to be back. Your Spider-Mans are going to be back. Don't worry, guys. Well, like, you know, you, you say that it's, like, it, it, insulting for me to even bring that up in a way. But, like, but for real, though, that's why they brought Quinn Peaks back. Because yes, somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere in a, in a boardroom yeah. thought that they it would just be that thing. Like, <laughs> oh, it'll be, it'll be like bringing back Roseanne. That person never said anything <laughs> controversial and will get the show <laughs> fucked in a year. Look at Rodan is doing great. Let's bring Twin Peaks back. Oh. Everything's gonna be great. They bring it back the Exiles. Let's bring back Twin Peaks. It's I mean, be I do sort of love thing. that they kicked Rosé off Rosé and just 
just continue to make the show. <laughs> That's fucking kind of awesome. But <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's kind of awesome. But yeah, it is legitimately yeah. amazing. You know, but... um, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. How you get, you still you get John Goodman still. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't love John Goodman? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a supreme masterpiece because I think it does exactly what Twin Peaks did in its time for this time. Um, it, but, you know, and, and I think if you get a second season, though, you're probably getting some. I think David Lynch loses interest, right? Um, probably a little bit, right? Like, I just think the, you know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't give points for not having a second season in Twin Peaks OG having one, right? And still being, right. you know, yeah, hot. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Next is <sighs> Wild at Heart. I don't want to talk a lot about this because we're about to talk about it. Um, yeah, but this is super supreme masterpiece. Supreme, supreme. All, all hail, all hail. Wild at heart. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm just going to say this because I know it's going to come up a hundred times again and again. Um, I love this film because it gives Laura Dern so much to do as compared to Blue Velvet. Um, and I think Nick Cage is perfect for this film. And it's also sort of like a film that's sort of sweet at heart, but also completely demented. Um, and it's right just up my alley. So that's Oh, yeah. That's oh, it. yeah. Hondo P. Hondo P. Hondo P. We'll we'll have a whole episode on that. That's kind of why we're right. Just... Correct. And and uh, you know, God will, Satan willing, I'll actually make it to that one. Uh, now next is Eraserhead. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Eraserhead in masterpiece um, territory. Uh, I really like Eraserhead. Uh, I it's probably a weird film to say that you like Eraserhead. Um, I like it as a movie. It's a good movie. Uh, it's not a pleasant experience watching it, obviously. Um, but I do... I This is the one... The, okay, sorry. There's two David Lynch movies, but there are two David Lynch movies that I'll probably be able to cover on Triassic Park, and I'm gonna say <laughs> that baby... That baby makes it coverable on Triassic Park, because that baby is fucked it up. Um, um, I did not fucking realize that the main actor was the same dude from all of his works yes yes yeah 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 i had no idea and then like i i literally had to look at the photo and i was like wait 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 are you are you serious like because i was trying to figure out where everyone like where his crew like his main crew kind of joined in and it's like oh no jack nance he was there from the beginning, man. Jack Nance is like a ride or die with. Uh... Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, um, which is what Blue Velvet. He's in that group of people with Brad Dorf. Yeah, and, exactly. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just a. Uh, so my feelings on Eraserhead, um, supreme masterpiece. Uh, I did the review for Bloody Good Horror with like one of the first reviews I did, and I gave it perfect score. Um, one of the few perfect scores on Bloody Good Horror kind of took shit for it. Um, but I would, I would, I, you know, I think you have to judge a film based on what the intentions of the director are, what the intentions of the director seem to be. And I think this film does everything. It's an incredible application for somebody who's basically just in film school for a film that's um, this surreal but the message is so very clear. It's horrifying and terrifying 
and demented and at, and at the same time anyone who's ever had a child can relate um in in in, in, a, in a way right um I, I would say this is another film that it's been a while since i watched it it did make a huge impact on me yeah. but again it's one of those things where i i just need to rewatch it no i mean i think it's fine to call it a masterpiece i just think it's um i, I man it's just a film that I think I think it has an impact on every single person who watches it, um, and it's it's an incredible feat, especially if you judge it by the time frame that he made that film. Um, yeah, which you know, in his career, I mean, right, right, for sure, for sure. And we get to the best David Lynch film of all time. <sighs> Meh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, Dune. Dune. Dune, we, we've had a whole episode again. Yep. Another one of those like whole episodes talking about Dune. So. I'm really surprised we did not have a lot of difference, I think, here. I think our only difference is I had Twin Peaks in Supreme Masterpiece, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I will straight, be very you get straight story, um, not rated because you haven't seen it. Right, right. So, that is this episode of Patreon, where we talked all about the films of David Lynch. 